Have you ever wondered what the pros know about going fast that you just don't know? Well, there's probably a lot of things, but among them, comfort makes you go faster. That's why Pro Bike Gear has introduced a new range of saddles, which are combined with a dedicated online saddle selector. You can find your perfect saddle in just a few steps with the renewed Pro Saddle Selector on pro-bikegear.com. And now, without further ado, on to the Velo News Tech Podcast. Hello, Velo News listeners. It is Dan Cavallari, tech editor at Velo News Magazine, here with another Velo News Tech Podcast. And today, very exciting, we're going to be talking about my feet. I know that stinks, right? <laughs> uh, the reason we're going to be talking about my feet, and really feet in general, is because there's a common problem uh, among cyclists, uh, and I wanted to find out if we could uh, come to a, an agreement as to what causes it and how to solve it, and that problem is toe numbness. Now, uh, I'm sure a lot of you out there listening have had this problem where you're riding along, maybe you're like 40, 50 minutes into your ride, and all of a sudden your toes start going numb or tingling. Uh, what the heck causes that, right? Uh, we, we all know that tinkering with cleat position and things like that can, can sometimes solve this, but are there other issues and other things that can cause it, and are there other ways to address it? So in my uh, constant pursuit to find uh, people who are smarter than me to address these things, I spoke with Kyle Russ from Trek Bicycles. And Kyle, uh, he does basically uh, product development with anything that has to do with biomechanics, the way your body moves. Uh, so that includes a lot of touch points uh, and, and things like that. So one of the reasons I wanted to talk to Kyle was because uh, not too long ago, I went to Trek Bicycles in Wisconsin, and they did a pressure mapping of my foot, and they said, try out these new uh, Inform insoles that we have. Well, I guess they're not new, but they said they were new to me. So they said, try these out, see if that solves the problem. And lo and behold, it has helped immensely. So I wanted to get a better understanding of what exactly was going on with my foot. So I got in touch with Kyle to talk foot numbness and what we can do to solve it. All right, we're here with Kyle Russ. We're not we're not physically here with Kyle Russ. Kyle is in Wisconsin. I'm I'm here in Colorado. Kyle is a biomechanical engineer uh, with Trek Bicycles. He's been there for seven years, and basically, what Kyle does is help develop products, anything that has to do with biomechanics, uh, the the parts of your body that move and 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 touch the bike. Is that is that accurate, Kyle? Yeah, that sums it up great. All right. So Kyle, uh, the big question that we're trying to answer today is uh, what what causes uh, foot numbness uh, for cyclists and, and how do we fix it? Um, and so we'll, we'll start with the basic question is what, what causes uh, foot numbness and really what causes numbness in any extremities while we're riding a bike? Yeah, okay. Um, I've, I've kind of narrowed down some of the primary culprits for foot numbness to a few kind of categories, if you will, the cleat position, and we'll get into details there is a, is a primary contributor to foot numbness. Um, the shoe width as well, as well as uh, foot support and sort of those three categories, obviously other aspects of, of the shoe fit are very important as well, but uh, cleat position, shoe width, and foot support uh, by way of an insole are kind of the three primary uh, categories that I would approach um, to make sure that we're supporting the foot properly. 
Mm-hmm. So it's so really it's not something where we can say, oh, I have numbness somewhere in my hands or arms and neck and and, and knees and and uh, feet, and it's caused by this one thing. That's not how it works. Usually, it's not one thing. Um, if we take a step back from the discrete variables like that, the sort of overall fit working with a knowledgeable bike fitter is probably priority one, and then. Beyond that, if you're assuming you're in a good position, um, then it's uh, we can kind of dig into these variables one by one. Uh, but but absolutely, that that bike fit is is kind of the foundation that these other variables um, come into sort of uh, tweaking it to make to make your ride experience better. Okay, so for the for the sake of this podcast, we'll we'll talk specifically about foot numbness uh, rather than try to you know broadscape it into every type of numbness you could possibly feel on a bike. But if there are similarities, I mean, if there are certain uh, problems that could cause numbness in certain areas of the body uh, or various parts of the body, you know, definitely let us know. So, like for example, if if something can cause foot numbness, but it can also cause numbness in your fingers. Um, you know, give a shout and let us know that, you know, that might be a common variable. Like you said, bike fit, for example, might have a big impact on that, right? And not just a matter of cleat position, but other positions, uh, parts of your body. Is that right? That That is correct. They all come, come into play um, together. And absolutely, I think of, you know, the saddle as an example of if, if someone is not comfortable on their saddle, they they will probably experience uh, all kinds of discomfort at their hands, at their feet, uh, perhaps their knees even. So they're all, they're, they all work kind of in concert. Um, but then at, as you mentioned, we can discuss kind of the specifics to the foot pedal interaction that should help address any, any numbness or discomfort going on there. So that, that brings up a good question and I think you've already answered it, but does foot numbness always stem from a problem with the foot or other, other potential causes? Uh, it definitely does does not always stem from the foot. So going back to our example of the saddle, we, we can aggravate, you know, the nerves um, coming out of our spine at as a result of a poor saddle position. Um, I'm sorry, a poor position on the bike as a result of the saddle. We can feel that kind of radiating down the entire leg if, if there really is something serious going on. So I think of as an example of that would be maybe hinging too much at the lumbar spine and causing a sort of a pinch point of one of those nerves, we can definitely feel that uh, radiating down and it can affect our, our entire leg. It can affect our feet for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, if, it, if it's localized though, um, to say the forefoot, um, it's, it's, it's often the case that, that the issue is at the at the source it's at that shoe uh, pedal interaction so you're saying if if i'm experiencing toe numbness for example rather than like full foot numbness uh it's it's likely that the cause of that might be at the foot yeah for for sure absolutely so if someone uh experiences some some type of foot numbness on a ride for the first time what would you recommend they do i mean should they immediately stop riding is there a danger Typically, they're, they're, yeah, we would suggest that the rider maybe ease up, definitely bring the, the power level, the effort level down if they're starting to experience this numbness. And I would say before their next stride, try to reevaluate 
you know, try to try to think about what it might be. And hopefully this podcast helps identify some of those things. Um, it, it might also be, you know, meeting back with, with that fitter. Um, but before sort of hopping back on the bike and stomping it again and, and you know, giving it your best, it, it, it might be necessary to dial it back for a little bit of time, make some adjustments and, um, and then take it from there. There really, there shouldn't be, um, a threat sort of long-term with, with getting foot numbness as long as it's not, uh, recurring, you know, if day in, day out, you're getting foot numbness, that's, that's not a good sign at all. Um, it's definitely time to dial it back and address, address the problem because, if you have foot numbness now, it's not just magically going to go away. I know you can't see me because you know you're in Wisconsin, but I just slapped my forehead because uh, I am I am the guy who has foot numbness all the time, uh, every, oh. every single ride. Uh, and it, and here's the funny thing: is it it happens? It doesn't happen immediately, and when it does happen, it's usually almost without fail about 45 minutes to an hour into the ride. And then okay. it'll, it'll be numb uh, in my toes, usually the, the smallest toes on my foot. And then, I, you know, uh, usually 20 minutes or so will pass and then I won't notice it anymore. It'll go away. So, mm-hmm. you know, as a as a, a little bit of history for you, I'm a, I'm a mess. I'm an absolute <laughs> mess. <laughs> um, I have history of sciatic stuff. And, you know, it, it's... Clearly, I, I am an outlier here because uh, I have some serious issues. But for those of you that are listening and have that that same every day, uh, you go on a ride and you get that numbness. You know, Kyle is saying that maybe there's something more serious going on, and it might not be something that's solved with an insult or something like that. Um, so it, it's it's something that maybe a visit to the doctor is that warranted. We, we absolutely, we always recommend that as a starting point, start with your physician. Um, then from there, try to work with someone who has a sort of a sports focus, whether that's a sports medicine physician, a sports focused, uh, PT. And then in, in the case of, of our feet, you know, we might need to go from there to a podiatrist and ideally again, one that works with athletes. So we kind of always try to, you know, see your physician first and then get that referral. If your physician is not a sports med doctor, try to try to see someone that has the experience in this, in this field. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question that is very likely, well, I don't know actually if you can answer it or not. Uh, I shouldn't make the assumption that you can't, but, uh, why, why would my foot go numb an hour into the ride? Why wouldn't it just start happening after five, 10 minutes? Are there certain biomechanical uh, movements in my foot that, that might be uh, sort of building up over time? And you know, then why would it release and, and not be numb anymore after, say, an hour and a half? Well, the, the release, that's, that's interesting. I wonder if there's you know putting me on the spot here. I, I, I like the question, <laughs> I'm, and I'm going to have to give it some more some more thought for sure and maybe even get back to you um but i would i would guess that fatigue is playing a role into the why the onset is delayed and i don't know what your rides are like but if you're if you're typically sort of on the gas and working real hard and then after 45 minutes of that if your form starts to become a little bit compromised that could be why 
your foot numbness starts to um, set in at that at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And then really the only reason I could think why it would kind of come and go like that off the top of my head is is maybe if you if as a result of your foot numbness, if you're dialing back on the effort and then that helps kind of reset um, and you're not putting as much force through your you know foot to the pedal, mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's another reason why it's coming back because you're just simply not pushing as hard with mm-hmm. your feet. I, again, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of that resonates with you sure. and, and how you go on your rides, but. Well, it was a trick question. Usually by an hour and a half, I'm I've got my feet up and I'm drinking a beer. So that's probably <laughs> why the numbness goes away. <laughs> no, I think that's, I think that's absolutely right. I think, uh, you know, and this is not an unusual story, but you know, for me, my form definitely suffers when I'm, when I'm working hard. And usually by the 45 minute mark, I'm starting to do some sort of hard effort, uh, you know, whether it be a sprint or a climb or something like that. So that probably is, is true. I think, you know, the way my legs and my body start to move as I get tired, especially when I think about my spine, my lower back, uh, and my hips, which I think are, you know, pretty common problem areas for most cyclists. Uh, so I think that's, that, I think you're right. I think that's exactly what's happening is my form is just letting go. And I think, what a lot of people who, who focus on form don't realize is that your form is more than just power. It's also exactly what we're talking about. It's comfort. It's, uh, it's health. It's, you know, it's keeping your body moving the way, uh, it should so that you remain healthy. Um, and that's, that, that's certainly sounds like what's happening in my case. Um, so in, in that vein, um, what the heck can I do to solve my (laughs) foot numbness problems? Uh, yeah. Okay. New shoes, new insoles, new legs. What do I need? <laughs> Hopefully it's simpler than new legs. Um, so I'm going to start with the cleat position as sort of the primary culprit for foot numbness and foot pain. Let's, let's start there and then we'll, we'll talk about the fit of the shoe and then the support, uh, of the foot. And, and the reason I'd, I'd like to start with cleat position is, is basically just that, if, if one is listening to this podcast now and they're thinking about their numb feet, this is a kind of a free test, right? You can adjust your cleat position mm-hmm. without spending any money. So when we're working with a rider, we are looking to get that cleat position in terms of fore aft. So how, how close to the toes or how close to the heel is the cleat. We look to get it, to get the center of the cleat, roughly speaking, one centimeter behind the ball of the foot. Um, another way of looking at that is kind of uh, getting the cleat behind the first ball of the foot and um, kind of splitting the splitting the difference between the first metatarsal head and the fifth metatarsal head. And I know those are uh, anatomical terms, but if we're if we just like feel our feet and we feel the ball of the foot on the inside of the foot, well, there's a corresponding one that's much smaller on the outside of the foot behind the pinky toe. We can if we can center the cleat for aft speaking. Uh, uh, between those two, generally speaking, that's a great starting point. Mm-hmm. And I, I can, I can do my best to explain why that is. I, th- I think for a number of years, cyclists were recommended to put the center of the cleat in line with the ball of the foot. And we have found over the years that that tends to aggravate our feet because as we're putting that force down to the pedal, um, those nerves innervating our toes are splitting at the metatarsal heads and that constant force through that area winds up aggravating it. Mm-hmm. So if we can get that cleat and therefore where we're transferring the force to the pedal behind the ball of the foot, then we're much better off. It tends to take away this aggravation. 
And is this, you know, when you, whenever you go for a fit, sometimes the, the uh, fit professional will take your shoe and they'll make a little mark on either side That's of the shoe and you want to try to get it. So you, you get that one mark on the outside of your foot where you're, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to get in on the ball of your foot on the outside and then the ball of your foot in your inside. And then you try to get between those two marks, basically centered, centered between those two marks. That's correct. That's a good, it's a good starting point, but sort of generally speaking, if someone comes to, to a fitter with foot numbness or pain, sometimes that fitter will just slam it all the way back as a starting point. Cause it's kind of a safe, a safe place to put the cleat is further back. And when I say back, I mean, toward the, toward the arch, toward the heel. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's only so far it can go on the shoe and yeah, if someone already has foot numbness and pain, uh, it's kind of a conservative approach, if you will, to just get the cleat as far back as you can. Again, it's, it's worth noting at this point that changing your cleat position will change your saddle height. Um, so riders need to keep that in mind if they're playing around with this at home. Um, they're basically shortening, I'm sorry, they're uh, lengthening their saddle height by moving the cleat back because mm-hmm. that, that, that moment arm of the foot has become shorter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so now we've started uh, adjusting our cleat position, and and that's sort of like a good, easy, quick, cheap way to uh, experiment, right? So you yep. you can adjust yep. your cleat position, go for a ride. <clears throat> excuse me, go for a ride, see if it works. Um, okay, I've gone for my ride. I'm still getting some foot numbness. What's what's next? Okay, real quick, still on the on the cleat though. If in, and this this would affect uh, potentially numbness, but also. Uh, up the chain into the knee and into the hip. The the second aspect to cleat position is also the orientation of it. So think heel in versus heel out. And if you a, a really general way of orienting the uh, the cleat on the shoe is when you go for a run. If your toes point out or your toes point in, try to replicate that position on the bike. And I say run as opposed to walk because some of us have a little bit more external rotation of the femur when we're just kind of standing around or just walking. But when we run, that's more simulating uh, the position that our foot wants to be in uh, on the bike. And yeah, try to get your foot in that same position, whether that's heel in or heel out by way of lead orientation. And it's probably worth noting that it may be different by foot, like your left foot might go That's absolutely out. correct. Yeah, Okay, so cleat position and uh, both fore and aft, and in terms of orientation, where it's pointing. Yep. Yep. All right. So is that is that uh, is that are those all the considerations for cleats? Well, that's that's uh, in terms of a free adjustment. Also, the cleat. Every manufacturer makes different cleats, and the cleat affects the amount of float that you have. Often the float determines how aggravated your knees are because if, if your knee wants to be in a different position throughout the pedal stroke and your cleat is kind of preventing that, it's really that, that strain will be more so on the knee than, than in the foot, mm-hmm. which is maybe a whole other <laughs> podcast. But, um, yeah, so there, there are other variables there. And then between the different pedal manufacturers too, uh, there's different amounts of float um, Etc. So, but as far as the foot goes, those are the two primary components to cleat position. Okay. All right. So I've got, like I said, we'll repeat this question. So I've gone out for my ride. Uh, I've adjusted my cleats. I've come back. I'm still getting the foot numbness. What's what's next? Yeah. So the next thing I'd look at is supporting the foot 
in the shoe you already have. Um, it's it's a pretty simple test at home to see if your feet collapse on their own. And, and when I say collapse, I mean going from a seated position to a standing position just in a chair. If the medial arch, so the inside of your foot, um, if that collapses when your foot is under load, so your body weight, so when you're standing, if that's collapsing, you're a great candidate for supporting your foot. Even if it's not collapsing, foot support in general, we advocate for it strongly. Um, and we would always prefer to support the foot properly than to not have any um, support. And in a lot of cases, shoes come with with um, insoles that are, are intentionally, uh, they're not going to aggravate anyone's foot by way of the insole, right? So, so any sort of foot support needs to be specific to the rider and it would have to come kind of an aftermarket mm-hmm. piece. You're saying they're skimpy. You can say it. Yeah. <laughs> it's <they're> okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably <laughs> to offend anyone's foot. Right. Very inoffensive insoles. Um, and that's probably why we're seeing a lot of shoes sold with, uh, inserts to sort of adjust the way the the, the right. insole is right there's there's right. there's arch arch uh, and metatarsal uh, inserts now correct correct and and you can use those to sort of tailor how much support you're getting and where you're getting it yep yeah uh, now I should mention too uh, one of the reasons I, I chose to talk to folks from from Trek is because I've been using the the Bontrager insoles and, oh, cool. and they've they've worked wonders for me. Um, not this is That's not to say that everybody else's insoles are you know not good, but it, it was sort of a, a revelatory moment for me when I started using these insoles with more support. And it's not you know there's there's three colors and and they're color coded by how much arch support you get and how much support you get in general. And I'm sort of in the middle one, so you're not getting, okay. you're not getting a dramatic uh, amount of support, but it's enough. It's enough to sort of help abate my. Uh, my numbness issues. It doesn't always solve it, but most of the time right. it does. And I've, what I've found is that it actually works better in certain shoes than in others. Is, okay. is there a reason why that might be? Uh, that's, that's, that's very interesting. I think if you, it depends on which shoe you trimmed the insole for. So they're all designed to be trimmed uh, for the particular shoe. So maybe if you're swapping between shoes, it might not sit properly in one pair of shoes versus another, perhaps. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the advantages of being the tech editor of Bell News is I've got like twelve pairs of these <laughs> these insoles, <laughs> so I've got them for shoes specific. Um, yeah. But but to be fair, I I've got um, shoes of various widths, and I think that's okay. that's sort of what I was trying to get at is is can your shoes width uh, also play a part in that uh, in, in not only in just in numbness but also in in terms of support. For sure, if if you're, I mean, the shoe captures the foot. So if it's wide, if your shoe is wide, ideally your foot needs it wide. You don't want it wider than than what your uh, foot needs. Um, but uh, you know, if 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 your shoe is narrow and your foot needs the room to uh, sort of compress into as you as you put the power down. Um, then you will have some issues. So the the insoles, it's not. Uh, I would guess that it's not that the insole is behaving differently in the different shoes that you have. But uh, shoe width is a huge component to the experience you have, and and therefore the numbness. And not just shoe width, but 
all shoes have a sort of a heel to toe drop and then a toe spring or sort of a lift in the toes. And those uh, sort of different amounts that one shoe, shoe manufacturer has to another, that will greatly affect your your experience and whether or not you have any numbness or have a great ride therefore right what about um you know we basically we're seeing the most common methods for securing a shoe is the boa dial or something similar mm -hmm. uh and i've all i always had people tell me oh you, if your foot's going numb you need to ride your shoe looser or if your foot's going numb you should ride it tighter is there any bearing uh is the shoe tightness uh does that have any bearing on, on what we're experiencing when we get foot numbness yeah, it, it for sure it can, and and I keep coming back to the the shoe width thing. So if if your foot is wider than your shoe sort of allows it to be, um, you'll get kind of a a pinching effect, and the space between the metatarsal heads will collapse, and therefore your foot will get aggravated, and those nerves will get aggravated. Um, so that's like a primary component to this and and we actually can measure this happening or we, we can see this happening by measuring it um, so we use jabiomized pressure mats in our shoes to investigate uh the the, sh the shoe foot interaction as as we go through product development and when we have a shoe that's too narrow for a rider we'll see high pressure on the outsides of the insole the pressure uh, pressure mapping insole and that that high pressure on the outsides is because the foot is sort of being squeezed and and therefore putting higher pressure on the bottom of the shoe on the outsides and then when we put the same rider in say a wider shoe that that high pressure on the outsides goes away so it gives us a little bit of insight into you know if it takes you 45 minutes to for your foot to go numb and we saw this happening with you in the lab, um, we could probably predict that it, that was going to happen over time of, of putting the force through the pedal and your metatarsal heads being squeezed and you're, you're putting the power down through that, through that region of the foot, um, that eventually it's going to become aggravated. Mm -hmm. I, uh, one of my favorite things as a tech editor is I often go through a lot of these processes that you're talking about to sort of get a sense of what, uh, what it's like to go through a fit with Bontrager or with Specialized or with any other, uh, you know, guru or any of those. So I've been through a lot of these, and I've been to Wisconsin at Trek to to do this uh, the foot analysis that you were just speaking of, where you put a, oh. it's basically you know you put a uh, it's like a gel pad uh, that goes into your shoe, and you put your shoe on and and you spin on a trainer and they track on a computer. Basically, you can watch it happening uh, as you're riding. And it shows your foot and it shows where all the pressure is happening. So it's this pressure mapping tool and it shows, you know, when you push down, here's what, here's what parts of your foot are pushing down. Um, and it's a really neat and interesting uh, process. And I love when I go to these things and I stump the guy who's, who's doing the foot for me because I get, you know, I got a face made for radio and I got a body made for sitting on the couch and here I am trying to ride a bike. Um, so when I went for my pressure mapping, uh, fit system uh, or fit, uh, session, uh, the, on my left foot in particular, my right foot was pretty normal. My left foot had that pressure on the outside, uh, but it also had pressure on the uh, my big toe. So it was sort of like split. It was like a lot of pressure on the outside of the foot and then a lot of pressure on my big toe. And that was the first ride that I used the Bontrager Inform insoles. 
because uh, uh, the person who was doing my fit said, "Here, give these a ride. Give these a try. See if it helps." And I was riding with uh, some Bont Vapor S shoes, which are a pretty wide shoe. And we rode that day for several hours, and I didn't get any numbness at all. Wow. Um, so it's it's interesting. I, basically, everything you're saying. Uh, in a hypothetical sense, what should address the foot numbness did, in my case, address that foot numbness. Um, so it, it seems to me the the takeaway here is that uh, it's it's more complicated than we think. I think you know people tend to have yeah. this 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 sense that it's just two feet and I'm just pushing down, uh, but that's not how feet work. Um, and so this is what you're basically telling me is it's a pretty complicated process to figure out any sort of discomfort. It may not just be numbness. It could be, you know, you, maybe you're getting cramping in your foot. Right. Right. So yeah, there are a lot of variables. Yeah. And so it's a step-by-step process to sort of address that. <laughs> that Good <so>? pun. <laughs> <I didn't> even, <laughs> I'm funny and I didn't even know it. Um, okay. So in lieu of, um, going for a pressure mapping, uh, session, uh, where, you know, you, you, you get your, you get the exact, uh, pressure points of your foot. What can what can Joe Schmo, who wants to address this, uh, and he's he's done the cleat positioning thing. Um, how do you know which insole you might need to uh, to address your numbness? Should you just start with the lowest option and then work your way up? Well, we we would recommend going to a shop and working with uh, an educated shop employee that can look at your arch in an uncollapsed state, so seated, and then also look at your arch when collapsed, when you're standing, see how much that collapsed. That kind of helps determine if your foot's more more rigid, if you will, or or not. Um, if you hold your your uh, the structure of your arch well, and sort of generally speaking, runners tend to have uh, a stronger foot. Whereas if you only ride your bike all the time, you imagine the shoe to pedal interface, that's, it's a rigid interface. Um, and you're constantly, uh, you know, 90 times per minute, you're putting force down. If, if you don't have any sort of support underneath your foot and you do this for day in, day out for years with, again, without that off the bike work, it's more likely that your foot collapses quite a bit. Um, and, and educated shop employees should be able to get you on the proper, uh, arch height, um, for that Mm -hmm. arch height and arch length too. So it's important not just to grab the size off the wall. That is your shoe length because you can always trim, uh, you know, cut, uh, an insole to the right size for your shoe. It's important to get the proper arch length too. Is that, is that something that's kind of just clearly marked on the box when you buy a new set of insoles or how do, how do you measure that? Yeah. So they are marked on the box, but using a, uh, a simple Brannock device, um, which any, any bike shop or, or, you know, running shop or whatever, they have these devices and we're familiar with them that you stick your foot in and there's a bunch of sliders on it. Mm-hmm. And that, that device, the Brannock device will give you your arch length and you'll want to take the the insole you'll want to purchase the insole that corresponds to that arch length and then cut you know trim trim the insole to size as opposed to buying the length of your shoe because sometimes they're different sometimes they're the same sometimes they're they're not the same mm-hmm. is it is it really a matter of um is the best option really retrofitting the shoes you have or is it is it worth exploring new shoes i mean i think about it in terms of like 
Uh, am I trying to basically, did I buy a Honda Civic and I'm trying to go ride off, drive off road and I got to, you know, lift, right. put a lift kit on my, my Honda Civic. It's never going to be the right tool for the job. Is it like that or is it just that's how shoes are and we need to sort of accommodate because everybody's foot is different? Yeah, it's a great question. It's it's definitely case dependent and also budget dependent, you know. So someone who is trying to fix it and they just they don't have the money to spend, you start with the cleat. And then uh, the next sort of cheapest thing to try is uh, an arch um, or uh, insole support for your existing shoes and then if 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 budget allows or if, if those two items have not fixed your problem then yeah definitely the shoe the shoe plays a large part in this and i think that's what you're getting at mm -hmm. so it, it might be the case that you have to consider a shoe that works with the shape of your foot a little bit more than than the one you have currently mm -hmm. Uh, and, and in terms of, uh, you, you mentioned cyclists can have sort of, uh, it's, it's possible for them to have weak feet because you're doing the same motion and you're not, you know, you said runners tend to have stronger feet uh, because they're engaging those muscles. Uh, are there exercises that cyclists can do to strengthen, strengthen their foot and would that be something that could help? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a strong advocate for off the bike work and, and what I mean by that is, is uh, generally speaking, core work, squats, uh, push-ups, etc. But when it when it comes to the foot, going for runs uh, is really quite helpful. The the thing to be careful of is that uh, a lot of cyclists have really big engines, and if you don't run and then you go out for a run, well, you have the engine to run all day probably, um, but not necessarily that strength. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, ability to do so without getting injured yet. Mm -hmm. So my, my warning to cyclists is as you start to run, uh, kind of ease into it, even if it feels easy at first. So um, start with a run to the beer fridge, yeah. then, then, <laughs> then start with a, a run to the neighbor's beer fridge and then, then yeah. work up from there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And, and I've had that exact same, uh, you know, scenario where I was like, oh, I'll go for a run and you know, I'm, I'm in great shape. And then I run far longer and harder than I should have. And I come home and I'm injured. Um, yep. so, and that's always a risk. I mean, overtraining is, is a big deal and, and we need to be careful, but I think you make an interesting point is a lot of us ride bikes cause we hate running <laughs> and, yeah. we, and we hate doing all those other exercises. Uh, but as it turns out, if you want to improve and if you want to be stronger and healthier, that cross training is important. So it's, it's one of the takeaways here is it's not just a foot issue. It's a whole body issue. It's a whole lifestyle issue, really. Uh, right. it's, it's sort of training your body to, uh, to be strong in, in, in all ways, not just as, as a cyclist in the saddle. Yep. Well, it sounded poetic, didn't it? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> sure, it sounded like I knew what I was talking about for a second. <laughs> Kyle, what, what am I missing? Is there anything I forgot to ask you or, or didn't ask that uh, could benefit somebody who's experiencing foot numbness uh, or you know foot cramping, any sort of pain in the feet um, that, that we haven't covered? Um, really, there's nothing I can think of beyond uh, sort of beating a dead horse with see, see a fitter if, if you can swing it. Um, do some research on the most knowledgeable fitters in your area and, you know, take recommendations from people in group rides. Um, it's definitely the best way to get a more complete picture of how you and your bike are interacting. Mm -hmm. 
Actually, you know what? I just I did just think of another question. Uh, yeah, go for sorry, it. Sorry, I know you thought you were off the hook, but I'm going to take up a little more of your time. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Uh, what about Q factor? So, for those of you who don't know what Q factor is, it's basically uh, you know you have your pedals, they stick out from the frame, and it's sort of the distance between your pedals. It's called your Q factor, uh, and you can buy pedals with longer axles to sort of maximize your Q factor. Uh, is that a potential solution? And what what exactly does was does widening your Q factor do? Yeah, absolutely. That is a potential solution. There's, if if we're getting really into the weeds, there's adjusting Q factor. There beyond um, basic insoles. There's custom orthotics. Um, you could also wedge your foot um, from a from a varus wedge, which would lift the inside, to a valgus wedge on the outside. That's all. All of these things I consider high level. Only I don't recommend making these types of adjustments on your own. I would only recommend making these types of adjustments with with a knowledgeable fitter or podiatrist or, or you know a, a sports medicine uh, focused uh, physical therapist. So that said, you you bring up a good question about stance width. And from a general standpoint, we try to get the feet in line with where our femur inserts in our hip, you know, into our pelvis. Mm -hmm. So if we are too far outside of that, you can imagine our knees might dive in a lot. Um, and too far inside is, is, uh, can, can aggravate someone with, 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 with wider hips, of mm -hmm. course. Um, but the thing about Q factors, I, I would, I would say it mostly affects what our knee is experiencing uh, on the bike in comparison to, to our foot. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and just from a numbness of foot standpoint, of course, there is a there is an overall effect of all of these things being connected. Um, but uh, I would say the way the, the hip feels, the way the knee feels is largely affected by Q. And that's one thing that... In some cases, you know, with bikes with really wide tires, we we might not be able to get the Q factor narrow enough mm -hmm. for for what would be ideal for us. I see. Um, and in some cases, we need to space out. But it, it, again, it's something that's really, really difficult to play with on our own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, it sounds like if you go out for a ride and you experience toe numbness one time and it's an isolated incident, you're probably okay. Um, but if sure. you're if you're getting it multiple rides uh, and starting to become a more frequent problem, then it's time to start thinking about uh, getting some guidance, and that starts with cleat position, and then you know possibly addressing new shoes, new insoles, um, and then as it gets more serious, then it's time to start talking to fit professionals, uh, possibly even a podiatrist. Uh, so ultimately, it sounds like this is a more complex issue than simply swapping out an insole. Uh, and for those people who are experiencing frequent foot numbness, things like the pressure mapping is probably a good option. These things do cost money, so I think that's the other thing to balance here. You know, you do need if you go for a fit, that's expensive. You know, you go for the pressure mapping, that's expensive. But you know, measure that against your long-term comfort and and functioning on the bike, and it very well may be worth it. So, given the all the things that Kyle did talk about today, but also didn't talk about, I mean, there's so many other variables. Uh, this is probably not something you want to just stick your own insole in there and start putting wedges in. I mean, because you can start causing even more discomfort. Uh, so the takeaway from this seems to be if it's if it's a one-time thing, 
maybe don't worry too much about it. See if it starts to recur. And if it does start to recur, then it's time to start talking to professionals and seeing what kind of help you can get from inserts, from, from insoles, from cleat position, maybe even from a new set of shoes. Uh, and then if you're really a mess like I am, then it's time, <laughs> <laughs> it's time to see the, the heavy hitters, your podiatrist and such. Kyle, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Yeah. And and if uh, any of you guys out there who are listening today have questions about this podcast and anything we talked about today, uh, please do comment on Facebook or tweet at Brown Tie Dan. That's me. Uh, And of course, if you've got any recommendations for topics you'd like to see me cover on this podcast in the future, I am always, always, always happy to have other people do my work for me. So please do (laughs) let me know. Uh, It has been a pleasure. Thank you guys all for listening to the Bellman News Tech Podcast. 